Hey man, coming uh, coming in this morning with uh, episode twenty, and man, I'm I'm sitting in my office looking out the windows, and it is snowing. It's cold. It's you know end of April. It's awesome. Got eight inches of snow on the ground, ready for winter to be over. But it's it's kind of cool, and then all foggy where clouds socked in last night there was thunderstorms in the middle of a snowstorm which i thought was kind of cool but um yeah man it's right on next week more snow so anyways i was going to i don't i don't think these thoughts are awesome well i think they're i think they're worth i think they're worthwhile digging into and i find that i've spent all week playing with this and even a little bit of last week playing with um these ideas of of inconsistency i used land nav in the past um i've articulated that a few times in writing in other podcasts how i like the land nav and i found myself in a conversation with uh my buddy doug down in texas about it because it was something that i wanted to talk about a little more and i had some ideas and then he had some ideas and just been playing with it and I, I'm not saying it's finished or anything, but I think I need to hear myself out loud now at this point because I've gone in circles a few times. But um, I basically when I when I when I land nav, I'm always trying to keep track of where I'm going based off of looking at the map and confirming confirming or denying that hey I'm on the right track or I'm here I'm there right and, and we're, we're trying to self validate what we want to have happen. You know, for the most part, but inevitably, inevitably we get someplace, um, and it's like you're not quite sure if you're there yet. It happens a lot at night. It happens a lot when there's other things going on that distract you, um, confusion or checkpoints grab your attention, or you know, weather. Just some kind of variable will happen, and it'll inevitably like sink in. Like, oh, am I really where I'm supposed to be? And, um, I mean, I think that's natural. I think that that's v- correlates directly to life, um, or uh, correlates not the right word, but it's, it's, it's a direct parallel, um, with life as well. We think we're, we're supposed to be, and we're not quite there, but what we do, what we do, we default to do, and I'm going to say this loosely, generally, um, speaking in not absolutes, but generalizations, stereotype, whatever, but we we tend to look to prove that we are right. We're always looking to prove to validate we're right, we're right, we're right. And it it can it, it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy really if you're not good at it, um, and or if you fall in love with it, it's a it's a it's one of those like self looking ice cream cones, right? Like of course I want to be here, so of course I'm going to try to make the terrain and the map look like I want it to because I think I'm where I am, and that's that can be kind of dangerous. At times, and um, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a good way to do things. I don't think it's the best or the right or the only. Uh, I would, I, I tend to default to trying to say, okay, I did everything I possibly could. I tried really hard to get to the right spot. Of course, I think I'm where I'm at. I might got a little bit of doubt. I don't want to continue to try to remove that doubt and prove something. If, it, if it's not true, you know, I've already set the stage and the energy and the efforts and I already want it to be right. I need, why don't I look and try to say, why am I not 
where I'm supposed to be? Why does this piece of terrain not make sense? Why does this elevation not make sense? Why does this direction, whatever, and look for look for a hole, look for an inconsistency in in expectation and um, observation, right? And when you start to have an, a look for there, you start to see things, right? You start to see things. And I started thinking about this. I use it all the time for land nav, and I use it actually in my life a little bit. And I've alluded to that in the past, but I never really gave concrete examples and I wanted to just give a few today um, and and one maybe towards the end is I'm, I'm still playing with it because it can get twisted if if people don't I even twist it for myself so it's not necessarily people don't but you think about trained observers snipers counter snipers right you think about the purpose and the intent behind camouflage it is to try to take something that doesn't belong and make it look as if it does so that when somebody is scanning or surveilling that inconsistency doesn't pop right when we're hunting uh, a flash of white or a horizontal line will catch your eye a tiny bit of movement will catch your eye quick it's an inconsistency in the in the static nature of of the scene you're looking at um and and all of nature's creatures try to blend in always trying to to blend or blur those inconsistencies so that they can, they can survive. And I, I think about it from that aspect, and then, well, why can't I default in my life then to look for inconsistencies instead of looking for things that are the same and then try to reinforce or validate something that potentially is deceptive to me, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm much better at it than I used to be. When I, when I go into to companies or organizations or, or talk to even individuals about what's going on with their life. And, and I'm not a life coach, but um, I try to listen to what they're saying. I try to understand their behavior, watch their behavior, or, or hear, you know, their activities. You know, listen to their beliefs, listen to their expectations, listen to their goals. And I find inconsistencies between them. And usually those inconsistencies are what is the cause of the greatest frustration um, or the sense that they're not doing or they can't get the results that they want, you know, and it's lining, it's, it's aligning those things so that they're mutually supportive of each other. You know, I don't say, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds and then drink soda, eat candy bars and go to, you know, Ponderosa for the grand buffet at lunch every day. That's, that's a gross and obvious inconsistency there. And when I don't lose the 20 pounds, yeah, but I'm exercising, man, and I'm drinking low-fat milk. Well, it, it, it's cool. Yeah, those are those are good, but, or maybe not the low-fat milk is good, but you get the point. But all these other things that you're doing isn't isn't mutually supportive of, of those efforts and your goals, or, or then it begs the question, do you really, really want to lose 20 pounds? You know, I, uh, that's a, that's like a, a, a small little riff on, I'm not interested in what you say. I'm interested in what you do. Right. Don't, don't tell me, show me. Um, and that was, that was a big, that was a big concept when I was in the Marine Corps. You know, don't tell me how good you are. Just show me, you know, just show me. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're ready for this advanced maneuver, maneuver, this advanced technique or whatever, these tactics, you want to do something sexy. Like that means you should be really awesome at the basics. Oh yeah, sir. I'm great at those. We do those. Uh, we've done them a hundred times. Good. Go show me. 
oh, come on, man. Like, no, nah, just go show me, you know? And then, anyways, I'm not doing the, the show me talk right now. But that's how you find inconsistencies, you know? And sometimes it's very, very innocent, and sometimes it's it's less than innocent. But, um, you know, some examples of, of how this how this plays out in life. You know, I was, I was, talking, I was talking to Doug. And, um, he's like, yeah, he, I was, I was deeper in this conversation with driving time. And he says, you know, and he was a lawyer and he's like, yeah, Hey, like we were, we were trained part of us doing our job in, in that profession was to listen to the, the opposition or the other parties stories and try to find something to pick up on, try to find some sort of weakness or you know, fissure that they can explore and exploit and then go into. And I'm like, yeah, hey, man, man like that, that, that's exactly it. Only I don't want to, I don't want to look for inconsistencies to exploit it for my gain or somebody else's loss. And I mean, that's, that's, the, I mean, that, that's no slight on lawyering, law, lawyering. I mean, that's what we get lawyers for, right? Is to look for, look for inconsistencies in, in somebody's story or case and, and try to say, okay, hey, and bring those to light to cause doubt or suspicion or to find the truth or, or whatnot or to place place find fault. But the but the process is the same or the intent. Instead of listening to what they're saying that makes sense and that you agree with and that sounds natural, logical, reasonable, that's all fine. That's not what we're looking for. Um why am I talking about this this week? It's because, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I try to maintain this high sense of self-awareness, you know, I go and I, I, I think I mentioned that last week, you know, why do I do that? Right. Why am I doing this? And I don't know, like, I believe that it's the right thing and it's good. And it makes me feel like a better person. You know, my kids deserve it. Um, I also think that I have more or I'm more apt to be self-aware, self-observant, something, because I'm always talking about it with other people. And so that it creates that hypersensitivity in myself and in my life. But, um, you know, here's, here's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to be somebody that somebody looks at and says, ah, man, that, that dude's not cool or not good, or he's a bad person. Right. And I do find myself in my own mind. Now this is going to sound ugly. I don't, I don't, Hey, I'm human right and it's not necessarily ugly thoughts are natural but um it's not ugly depending on how you act on them right or how you allow those thoughts to to continue to 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 manifest and grow well, like there's stereotypes right the world is full of stereotypes and i i get it you know stereotyping is bad it's not politically correct but i mean there there's stereotypes for a reason they're based not necessarily on truth, but based on trends, based on consistencies seen across, you know, numbers or quantity, right? Um, yes, they can be biased, but I mean, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Because somebody, someplace, or groups of people over time have seen patterns, right? And consistencies in traits. Now, I'm not saying they're all healthy. And in fact, we associate stereotyping, um, and I'm sure I could Wikipedia this and find a better word for stereotyping that's a synonym, 
and it would get less of a knee-jerk reaction from from most people. But I'm gonna use stereotyping. And um, I mean, there's there's derogatory ones, right? Uh, depending on the gender, like, you know, black people are lazy, or Hispanic people are lazy, or white people all think they all know everything, or white people have whatever. Like, I mean, there's all these ugly, ugly ones out there. There's there's other ones too that are that are healthy, you know. Um, and but the point is, stereotypes are built off of patterns of consistency across time you know and I find myself sometimes getting grumpy at other people or starting to go down a I can't tell if that's my ear hey man I gotta pause this for a second sorry about that I had to I had to pause that because it was like a buzzing in my head and sometimes it's my ears sometimes it's my head sometimes it's this damn mic but um then I got some fuzz still working through this thing but anyways um i find myself being influenced by preconceptions of something stereotypes of people and i get frustrated right like in many airport and typically i go down a path that i don't like myself going down when i'm tired or frustrated or something right so the airport is a trigger for me and you get in a line and inevitably it's so and so two people in front of me and they are a shit show right or it's so and so that's walking down the terminal i'm in a hurry they not, they're not they're on their phone or something or they can't walk a straight line i'm trying to go around i'm like you know you name it a host of things and immediately my head starts going like ah well that's 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 classic that's classic whatever that's this that's that and it's it's I'm not making any excuses for it. It's ugly. I'm grateful that I'm aware that I'm doing it and that I don't continue to percolate that. Right. And I put myself in check and I'm like, Whoa, dude, like that's just not cool. I wish, I wish I wasn't ever like that. I wish the world was, you know, absent of that knee jerk initial, whatever it is. You know, I I don't know if we can grow there or not. I don't, I don't, I'm not into trying to figure out the world. Maybe I am my world. Yeah, my world. But I, I take pleasure in knowing that, okay, hey, Wotash, you just did something that's not cool, right? At least I'm there with it. And I don't continue to foster those, those negative emotions and start doing things and acting a certain way there's a lot of people that do hate filled hate hate fueled or hate filled crimes would be one you know what i mean and it's just not right i'm not talking about that extreme end of the spectrum um i'm just talking about you and me everyday life something gets triggered and my head immediately goes towards whatever you know i'm a product of my generation i'm a product of my upbringing and maybe some of those stereotypes um are stronger in me than others and maybe other people have stronger ones than than the ones that I have I, I don't know I don't care what it is and I'm not it, yeah they don't they don't make me feel good but, but I'm constantly trying to fight them and I wish I never had to fight them and they weren't there but they are so um I think profiling is good I'm a fan of profiling for the right purposes, right? I, I think 
it's not an ends justify the means conversation. It's a um, what's the purpose and intent, and then you know that always can be twisted. That it's well, it's for some purpose and intent that that comes into conflict with somebody else's. So therefore, how can you say that it's a good a good thing or a bad thing? But an example, uh, I was down in New Zealand, and we were flying out of Christchurch actually three days after the shooting. We were in Christchurch the day after the shooting, two days after the shooting. And, uh, you know, tensions were kind of high. And I was, I looked tired, wore down, big, huge beard, you know, little, I, I had a certain look about me. I wouldn't say that I looked like a friggin' terrorist. Um, but I fit a description that the New Zealand um, special police were were looking to to pull out and ask questions, right? They they were profiling, hey, young middle aged male, beard, whatever, whatever, something, this and that. He does not fit in. He stands out amongst whatever. He's clearly like we're gonna just ask him some questions. Now they didn't they didn't like pull me out of the line and put me in a room or anything like that. They just two dudes came up. One kind of came up kind of behind me, and the other one came up to me and just talked to me, asked me some questions. How are you doing? Check my paperwork. But, like, let's not be fooled. I was profiled, and I was picked out amongst hundreds of people for a, a second, secondary or a, a, a precursor screening of sorts, a sniff check. Hey, I think that's great. I think that's great. Right? I was profiled, um, and that was it. Hey, I... And I don't want to get into, like, this is where I get caught up. Is it okay to profile people based off of people's sexual orientation? Is it okay to profile people because of their their skin color, race, or religion? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe at times it's more appropriate than others. You know, if I'm looking for a, if I'm looking for a black person that is Muslim, I'm going to be like, okay, hey, I want to find somebody that has this look, this look, this look, and I'm going to profile them, and I'm going to pull them out for some sort of screening for the right reasons, not because I'm filled with hate. And I'm sorry that one person ruined it for everybody for a period of time, but it's like, okay, hey, cool, hey, I was pro- I was happy to be profiled, right? It's like, okay, hey, cool. If I'm going to wear this on my shoulders because they want to increase safety and security. Like, that's the least I can do, man. Help them. Hey, I'm not the right guy. That's one of those person you got to check, <laughs> you know? Um, and I know even saying this out loud, it's like, Tosh, you're not doing a really good, exa- a, a good job of not being ugly or making the good cases for why it's good because there's probably 15 cases. Somebody could lawyer up and be 15 cases for why, Tosh, you suck. Hey man, that's fine. In my, you know, I'm I'm just kind of throwing a couple things out there, a couple darts on the wall, and and everybody else can figure out and wrestle with it. I'm not done with it. I'm looking for better examples, and you know, I'm I'm still processing, but I'm not sold that stereotypes and and profiling and all of the things that come with that is are necessarily a bad thing. I think it's the purposes of why you do it or what happens that can weigh them a little bit better or worse than others. And I'm not saying that you can be good and totally absent of, of bad. All, many good things come with a cost, you know, and many bad things still have a benefit. But, um, 
anyways, here's here's where our, uh, here's where I go with all this. The stereotypes, like I recognize when I'm falling into a trap, I'm, my personal trap, and do and going someplace like that's just not fair, right? All all it is is a starting point. Uh, profiling somebody, placing a stereotype on somebody, making an assumption about somebody, right? There's no judgment involved there. It's purely observation and processing based off of information, experience, you know, emotions, energy, whatever. There needs to be no judgment with any of that. All it is is a starting point. A starting point for what? Right? And in in the case of me walking through the airport and not being aware of what's going on, it could be a starting point for me to continue to reinforce a stereotype unfairly. And that's what I try very hard to prevent in my life all the time. For me, when I find myself doing that, the awareness kicks in. Okay, hey, cool. This is a starting point for me. Stop. Refuse judgment. Reinvent the three other other possibilities that could, could be there. Right? I've talked about that, or maybe I haven't talked about that on my podcast yet, but the power of invention and art of possibility. Every finger that points at you, three point back, you know, that's, that that whole idea started with Lance Day back in the Marine Corps, and um, I've just started to just keep building on it and building on it. But anytime that you start to go down to point your finger at something, hey, this person's a whatever, stop. Three pink fingers are pointing back at you. Reinvent three other things that could potentially be going on right now and and if you frame it from a a a lens of goodness you're you know you're just as you're just as likely to have one of those three things right than the one thing that's that's ugly or wrong it's fine i mean it works and it works when critiquing also but um i use i use that awareness of when i start to go ugly to refuse judgment to reinvent you know rewrite whatever and then I start looking for inconsistencies. I start looking for inconsistencies and in why that stereotype, why that initial whatever triggered response that I'm having is wrong, is not accurate. And you know what I end up doing? I end up getting closer to the truth than I would have if I just knee-jerk reacted. And I start to see goodness. I start to see goodness out there, man. And I think that's... You know, somebody asked me someplace, like, well, what does this process look like and why do you do it that way? And if I'm presented with something, I'm thinking, hey, this person's a douchebag or this person sucks or whatever it is. And I stop myself, boom, boom, reinvent three different stories. Now, well, no, they're just this or, oh, no, they're just that or whatever. And now I start looking for inconsistencies. I'm looking for things that contrast with the ugly. And I start to find beauty. And it's like, yeah, hey, I want to go in the direction... I want to go in the direction that I, I um, I'm looking for, looking at. I don't want to go down an ugly road. I don't want to be an ugly person. So why do I keep looking for ugly? I want to go down a path of beauty, goodness, righteousness, whatever, uh, maturity, growth, wisdom. So why don't I start looking for that? And this is just sort of my trick for auto-correcting me being a bad person, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if any of that helps, confuses, clears things up. Um, I'm not saying it's it's perfect. Um, I think it's life. It, it all started with me with land nav, and I just started using that whole land nav example. 
right? I think I'm right here because that mountain is exactly where it needs to be. Well, let me reinvent three different things real quick. Well, that mountain's exactly where it's supposed to be, except it's too far away. The hills over here on the left are on the map, you know, or probably not here because I only went for two hours and it should have been a four-hour hike. I just reinvented three different reasons why I'm not where I think I'm at. All of a sudden, the ground looks different. My head's different. I've refused judgment. And it's like, well, where can I look for? Oh, I'm, I, I'm actually right here. Okay, let's take a look at that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, why would I not be right there? And I look for that. You know? I think I think everybody has their own life experiences. Whatever professions they could draw from, I could draw a handful of, of them. Dozens from the Marine Corps. Spidey senses, gut feelings, whatever it is. And what do you do? How do you do it? you know, patrolling, you know, observation techniques, um, all of, all of those things. You know, when we were in the Marine Corps, we had this thing called the junk of the bunk inspection. And it was designed, it was an inspection, all your junk. So all of your equipment that needed to be inspected for whatever the case, whether it was a mission or whether it was just a uh, health and comfort or whether it was just how disciplined you were, whatever it was, a list, cure list came out. All right, this is all the stuff that's going to be inspected. And then a long, places I've been, it was drug out over a week and barracks duty and whatnot. And then I, I, I hated it when I was being subject to it, but then I started to see the value of it. But gear list comes out, timeline comes out for how this thing's going to go down, this inspection. And then somebody someplace set, set it up already and then took a picture of it. And then they distributed the pictures and everybody in the unit, all 50, all 180, whatever it is, you know, no exceptions. Everybody in the unit is going to display all of this stuff exactly, precisely the way that's displayed in this picture. I mean, and it could be, I mean, it was crazy how many things or, or, or cool how little things. But the point being is as a commander or, or somebody that's assessing um, readiness could walk through multiple rooms really quickly and see that everybody's got all their shit. And it was like underwear are folded a certain way. T-shirts are folded a certain way. Everything is like one inch away from each other or whatever it is. It's all laid out in the bed, stacked up nice and neat. All those little, little strings that hang off of shit. We call them Irish pennants. Those were clipped off, burned off, you know, buttons were polished, brass was polished, you know, anything that was black or shiny was colored out with um, or anything that was shiny was colored out with black and any chips in any black was fixed and repaired you know um, everything was marked with your name and it was one inch lettering in this specific location whatever whatever but like it was the the mark of a, of, a, of discipline was how well you could adhere to that inevitably there was you know you go in and you find demerits right or dings and discrepancies and, you know, the least amount of discrepancies, better, you know, and it would be like, hey, five, less than five discrepancies, cool, because it's assuming the observer is getting tired, or the observer doesn't care, or the observer just misses something, whatever, you know, hey, more than five, five to ten is, you got remedial, you have to do another inspection, whatever, who knows, pick, pick, pick numbers, metrics, and I could walk through as a commander, or my commander could walk through all of us hoopla heads and just scan stuff, and then they would see something that would invite closer look. Because you didn't have the time 
to go in, dig, and look through every little thing, right? So it's set up a certain way, and they walk in, and then they can scan, and then their eye jumps to something that's out of place. Whoa, what's that? And that's an invitation. That's an invitation to go exploring. And so that individual inspector would go over there, and they would start looking at that, and they're like, okay, hey, that looks good, but that invitation to explore there might have, it brought him from 30,000 feet down to 10 feet really quick. And then while he was down there at 10 feet, he noticed something else right next door, you know? And so then he went over there and he started exploring that at the five, the five foot level, the four inch level, you know? And then he started finding things. One discrepancy usually leads to another, but, um, that's looking for inconsistencies. That's setting things up so that the inconsistency pops. It's like the opposite of, of camouflage. And so I, I go back to those thoughts often when I'm trying to mentor individuals, trying to come and assess and observe, you know, organizations, um, trying to life coach people, trying to un, unscrew myself in my life. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I just want to talk about that because the whole stereotyping and profiling thing can be touchy conversation and people can take it the wrong way quickly. And, you know, you know, I'm, I'm an average white man, grew up in middle-class America, fairly privileged, you know, a little bit of hardship here, there, whatever, like, so maybe, maybe stereotypes and profiling don't have as much of a negative connotation to me personally, because I wasn't the subject of them, you know, whereas if, if I was whatever, you know, gay black man in, in lower Chicago or something, maybe maybe this conversation is actually insulting to me because I had lived the life of it, you know, and that's not my intent at all, and um, I want to make sure that I'm, that's not like the message I'm talking about, it, it, it's intent, it's purpose, it's reason, which, which determines or helps shape whether what you're doing is right or wrong, I don't think we should take offense with, you know, law enforcement. I don't think we should take offense with law enforcement or people that are that are signed up, you know, to defend us, protect us, keep us safe, keep our families safe. You know, um, the job is ridiculously hard and stereotypes and profiling are tools that they use to help it make it easier for us, for the greater whole. But making sure that they're educated and making sure that they're they're using it with judiciousness and prudence and fairness and all of these other things is what needs to happen. Not oh profiling it's it's against the law or something like that. Like I'm just going off on a weird tangent now, but I just think like in the military when I was overseas, I profiled the shit out of everything. <laughs> you know, everything was suspicious for whatever reason, and then. It was like, okay, well, confirm or deny that, you know, and that was my job that was expected of me, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry that the other person on the end of my rifle scope, you know, was subject to a little bit closer interpretation and interrogation, Um, but I mean, that was, that was what I had to do, you know, that was what the men had to do, we had to keep each other safe, we had to do the job, and better part of the education was doing the right thing doing the right thing use these tools but do the right thing do no harm okay hey check her hold check her hold check her hold 
they do not meet the criteria. Okay, cool, hold. Next one. Hey, things don't look right here, sir. Things don't look right. Yeah, you're right, man. What's what's going on? What's what's not what's out of place? That that dead animal on the side of the road is out of place. Cool. Stop. Security. You guys got out of court and boom, 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 strong point. Get a hold of EOD, you know. Set your cordon, get your get your distances, whatever, whatever, whatever. And sometimes that dead animal was packed full of, you know, artillery shells, man. Crazy when you roll up on a dead mule and inside its belly's three one oh five rounds, man. Stitched in there to blow up. But it was the inconsistency that there shouldn't be a dead donkey out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. You, anybody can spin anything any way they want. I'm I'm processing this through a way that I can continually look for good. I want to look for good. It's very ugly. Uh, certain things are ugly. A lot of stereotypes are ugly. And in that ugliness, when I find that I have a moment of weakness and I start to fall trapped to it, and my thoughts start to go someplace, boom, trigger. Whoa, stop, Tosh, stop. Whoa, reinvent. Refuse judgment, reinvent. Refuse judgment, reinvent. Start looking for the inconsistencies in that stereotype, which are goodness, right? Looking for good, looking for positives. You know, when you ride your mountain bike, talk about this next week or in two weeks probably because it's a response that was going to do bullying. And when you're riding a mountain bike and you got a cliff edge on your right-hand side and there's no rails and you're in the middle of freaking Sweden riding ridgelines and it's nuts, no safety, straight drop. And then to the left, there's a little bit better drop. But, like, what's the worst drop, right or left? Well, let's go left because we're only going to go, like, 100 feet and hit trees. The right is straight cliff drop. Like, which way do you want to be looking? Do you want to look to the right? Because you know what? When you're riding your mountain bike, whatever direction you look, you go. So you start looking to the right. Guess which direction you start to slip towards to the right. So which direction you want to look at? Well, you don't want to look left because you don't want to fall. So you look straight ahead. You know? You look straight ahead. You're looking for the road that you want to take. And I want to see goodness in people. I want to, I want to, I got one life to live, man. Why why live it being grumpy and always identifying with shit that I need to fight? (laughs) You know? you're going to find what you look for. So, anyways, um, lots there. Maybe some feedback on better examples. Maybe feedback on Tosh, you're a douchebag. I'm happy with that, too. So, there's episode 20, man. Thanks for listening. See you next week.